Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Welcome to Night After Night, a podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Lisa Fernandes, and... I am Chris Jai Wardner. Hello. And we're about to review Who's Papa, directed by Maurice Barr-David, story by Zoe Wilson and Al Eidigman. Eidigman? We're still not sure. I, have, I haven't looked that yeah. up yet. Uh, yeah, I was trying to figure out how to properly pronounce his name. I'd like to apologize to him if he's still out there. Teleplay by Al Eidigman as well. This is the first time we've had a story by teleplay by credit for the show. Uh, there will be a bunch more, especially when we hit uh, the dreaded season 8. Uh, episode from season four of the run Shirley, and I bet you Chris has some notes about writers and the director. I do and I don't. Um, so mm-hmm. the only person I can really discuss at length is Al Eidekman. Uh He was the writer of Dinner for Four, and so he returns. He has seven more episodes to go working on the series. Now, he would continue writing up through into 2007 and do quite a bit of producing through the 1980s, um, including working on It's Your Move, Different Strokes, and the new Leave it to Beaver, which I didn't realize was a thing. Is that part of that whole 50s nostalgia, I guess? Yeah. Now, here's the weird thing. Zoe Wilson has no other credits to her name, which makes me incredibly curious. Like, did she give it a shot here and quit? Is it a pseudonym? Or was she horribly murdered behind the scenes and her body is still there <laughs> underneath the Laverne and Shirley writer's room? I don't know. God, considering how horrible things were behind the scenes, you never know. You don't know. <laughs> anyway, so it's, 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 I don't know. But anyway, that's the case. Yes. The, the, then Maurice Barr David, who the hell is this guy? He has two credits directing, you know, two directing credits to his name being this and then a later episode of Laverne and Shirley, and that's it. That's interesting. So I don't know, that again, has... I don't know if it's like a pseudonym. This could have been Gary stepped in and did it himself. It could be, um, I mean, I did find a Maurice Barr David who is uh, a person that, that like I found, because be, be aware, people, if you have a Facebook that you might want to make sure your posts are not public or else, you know, people like me can mistakenly think that you're somehow an aging retiree that once directed two episodes of a sitcom in 1979. But uh, anyway, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's some <laughs> more sleuthing maybe in, in necessary, you know, and, and Maurice Barr will come around again. So we'll kind of come back to that. But yeah, that's yeah. that's all I got for now. Hey, there's still something. Something is better than nothing. And here, speaking of something, is what this episode is about. A visit by Shirley's tall, handsome, and blonde brother results in a sudden revelation for Miss Feeney. She looks nothing like her siblings or any other family member. Unable to find her birth announcement tucked in the Feeney family album, Shirley is suddenly desperate to learn about her origins. And she and Laverne, after being snuck into the local hospital dressed respectively as a doctor and his pregnant patient, much tomfoolery ensues. Shirley receives a birth certificate after several trials, and... Then she must confront the notion. Was she adopted? Elsewhere, the boys steal Laverne's gum, and Squiggy is traumatized by the notion that he and Shirley might be biologically related. What do you think of this episode? Well, one thing I will say is um, Ed Ed Begley. That's 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 a great performance there. That's yeah. What a guy! 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 Oh man, that was that was delightful. Um, yeah, first thing right out the gate is uh, he. 
honestly outacts kind of almost everybody who's been on, at least every yeah. guest actor for practically every episode so far. Yeah. yeah. But uh, at least for me, it's it's I know acting is yes. definitely a matter of, of uh, perception. But now I, I really I really enjoyed this episode. And um, yeah, there's it's interesting that something an episode this important has such a mysterious behind the scenes quality to it yeah 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 it's really amazing i love the tone of this episode i love the strength of the girl's friendship uh ed daily jr really does knock this one out of the park we will see him again in season five bobby does return uh it's with an interesting message episode Mm. it's a vse very special episode. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Get a hold out for that. The boys add just a soup con of ridiculousness. The whole plot where Squiggy's absolutely convinced that Shirley is his sister. That's funny. The part where they try, they're repeatedly stealing Laverne's gum. That, I have no idea how they're getting away with it. Without her punching them both in the liver. Because she would. She would, yeah. Oh she yeah, you, ne- you, you never, die. you never get between a '50s kid and bubblegum ever. Give uh, me, she worships Bazooka Joe. She's gonna kill them both. Yep. I mean, at some point, she's just actually gonna get the money for a vicious dog. She's gonna get a little Fritzy yeah. in there, and then it's gonna be a quite a deterrent. I do absolutely adore Lenny, though. Realizing you could just open up the top of the locker and stick your hand yep. down there. Yep. That was so yep. cute. Yep. And, and then it. he still thinks there's a dog in there. <laughs> yep. Good boy. There was a little gumming for him. At least, you know, at least he's a polite thief. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, is this also, okay, we've heard that uh, Squiggy had, went to reform school before, right? This isn't the first time? Yes. Yes, we've heard that at least once. Yeah. It's a very him detail. Of course he went to reform school. He's Squiggy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Out of all the characters, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I love that he's Patiently picking this giant lock. Just so determined to get that gummy goodness. And I was like, boys, you need to walk up the street and get it really, really cheap. Mm-hmm. How, how flat broke are they at that moment? Like anybody, it's like, you know, it's practically, you know, they're they're so in debt that if they find a, a penny on the, you know, on the street, it's like they yeah. walk towards in the street, just sucks it up and goes, ah, okay, your debts are finally paid. It almost are almost paid there, Mr. Squigman and Mr. Kosnowski. Almost, almost, but not quite. Almost, but not quite. Hey, that that's still, that's you know the the, the, in, the interest rates with uh, asphalt much higher than you'd think. True, true. As you look in the rearview mirror and see uh, both Bully Show and playing the Roxy, <laughs> all the way at the beginning of the season, boys. Yeah. Um, the opening scene is unimportant. It really doesn't need to be there, but it's really cute because Laverne's just. Uh, Trying to protect her gr- her goods. She doesn't really care that Bobby's coming. Not like it's Elvis. And Shirley's steaming the car windows all by herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I still find it amusing, that line. It's like, it ain't like Elvis is coming. It's like, he's a sailor, Laverne. You'll be squishy in half a second. Come on now. Yeah, and she does become very quickly quite squishy for Bobby. Yes. Uh, for <laughs> anyone wondering what the hell we're talking about, that is a Mystery Science Theater 3000 reference to a particular short that has to do with yes. electricity, I think. It's electrical. No, I thought it had to do with uh, etiquette. Young Man's Fancy, right? Young Man's Fancy, yeah. Because I know there was, all the, there was the electronic, uh, all the like, uh, there was like uh, the electric razor and the yeah. uh, electric stove. Yeah. I mean, yeah, etic- yeah, yeah. It might be a GE short. I think it might be a GE short. I'm going to look that up later. 
Yeah, but anyway, uh, uh, but yeah, no, yeah, the, that's the, about the, prepping the for sister, a dude. Yeah, yeah, it's, that, yeah, yeah, it's code. It is code, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah. code, and it's also just very explicit. Anyway, yes, but no, no, Laverne, it's Laverne, it's a sailor. Come on, you totally yeah. are into this. Yeah, 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 and she quickly does become very into it. Yep. Uh, there is so much cross-dressing Shirley in this episode. Yes, it's fascinating. It's almost to the point where it's kind of. She has so much fun stepping into the role of uh, a doctor after, you know, trying to chase them for years and years and years. Now she gets to play one and she's eating up every single moment of it. And then we hear that she should be dressed exactly like a Bobby because they were, once again, to use that term, Irish twins. And they were born like, like uh, 18 months apart, he said. I think he says 18 months apart. Mm, for, uh, 14 months. 14 months. 14 months apart. 14 months. That's even closer. Uh, so the mom dressed, dressed them identically and put Shirley in uh, sports coats and suits, which is an interesting uh, twist for someone who's incredibly girly. I think. And God, it, again, it's one of those like it feels like a glimpse inside Lily's brain. Yes. And it's 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 yeah. almost troubling. Yeah. Yeah. That, that she wants what she wants them both to uh, look like boys, even though she eventually grooms Shirley into being the most girly girl possible to get her the heck out of uh Sailorton, so to speak. Mm-hmm. No way? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lily. You screwed that girl up on so many levels. Indeed. So many levels. Oh, yep. Lord. Oh, poor Shirley. Okay. Sure, give Shirley a hug, 2020. Yes. Wait, sorry, 2021 yeah. when this episode's airing. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, yes. just ignore that. Yeah. <clears throat> yep, nothing, nothing to see here. Nothing to know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, you know, Shirley has so many little Feeny family gestures and salutes. The Feeny family hello and goodbye. Yep. Bye-o, Feeny. Feeny bye-o. so cute. Uh, it's cute. Uh, the way she and Bobby greet each other by play-punching each other. Okay, we got we got we got Yep. Oh, and, and doesn't Laverne take that too seriously and ends up hitting yes! too hard? Yes, yes, he tries to punch them and she feels left out. So left out. So left out. Yeah, and immediately Frank is not having it that Bobby's going to stay there yep. the night. Yep, yep, yep. Where's little Bobby? It's me, Mr. DeFazio. It's... <laughs> It's only for two days and two nights. No, no, that's it. It's not happening. <laughs> Once again, instantly squishy Laverne. Instantly squishy. I mean, she is like, her hands are yeah. like moving up Main Street there towards this, yeah. them, them cheeks of his. And those, oh, them, yeah. those blonde locks. Yeah. Boy, did you grow up good. Too good. I <laughs> <laughs> love that. Frank has horrifying visions of her debauching this guy right on the cot right in the middle of the living room so uh, god i would hope that at the very least she'd get the pillows off the uh, couch and just do it on the floor do it on the couch i don't know <laughs> there's a cot right there it's just the easiest thing to do yeah it's just i don't know it's just it's small and it's uh, i don't know i'm not a, i'm not a cot i'm not a cot fan i'm not a fan of cots just have standards have standards people standards yeah standards we have higher standards than Laverne, as wildly demonstrated by that biker episode. That's a good uh, point. Okay. Do not mm, date yeah. Jake Snake. Do not go to robberies. Um, oh. 
But yeah, okay, and uh, so anyway, yeah. but, but back on track to the episode, the uh, the whole you know interesting pointing out the um, maybe you were adopted thing, you know, the the looking different from the rest of the family. Because um, I know we we talked about this, you know, and I I don't know if you know talking too deeply about it, you know, the the whole conceit uh, as we're kind of recapping yeah. the episode is getting ahead of ourselves, but. God, there are some families that just you just you know you get a weird mix of genes and not yeah. everybody looks the same, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's something that Shirley doesn't realize. Uh, she doesn't seem to get that. Oh yeah, maybe I'm gonna look like my aunt Frida. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm gonna look like my great cousin Algonor. Right. You know, I yeah, I look like uh, a combination of my mother and my grandmother on my father's side. Wow. I don't, you know, I don't look uh, like absolutely anybody directly. You know. I look half like my mother, but half like somebody else. So in other words, you could throw all kinds of genes into this big vat that ends up becoming a human being. And it's not necessary that you're going to look like everybody else in the family line. And since Shirley is biologically a Feeny, you know, that is proven. And then the show does a beautiful... The way the show treats adoption is really beautiful. That it does not matter. It is beautiful. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Beautifully done. Yeah. And it's Beautiful it's a done. it's and it's delivered, you know, well, you know, when we get there. But yeah, it's it's exactly. So it's just interesting though that the because Shirley has this perspective, you know, of things have to be in a certain way. I think her loving the album and squealing, the tome of Feeny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's again all squealy squeaky shimmy Shirley um <laughs> she can't take something rocking her worldview that much and it's kind of it's kind of sad I do understand it I'm very sympathetic to it and as it even comes back to you know especially like how Bobby sort of reacts is like I'm yeah. your brother I love you you know whether you're yeah. related to me by blood or not you are always going to be yeah. family to me you know he yeah. never outright yeah. says it but man he yeah. says yeah. it a lot in like just the little gestures yeah. to him it matters not Exactly. It doesn't matter to anybody in the entire situation that Shirley might not be a Feeny except for Squiggy because he has had dirty fantasies about her and she might be his biological sister. Right. <laughs> and, and Lenny was grossed out oh, by the very end. God. Oh, God. Suddenly, suddenly it just dives so, right into odd, odd soap opera anime. But they handle it so broadly and with such humor so you gotta give them credit for that much oh yeah no they they do no they do they do oh, yeah. it's it's it i honestly found it really really hilarious um yeah. it was i have my notes here um yeah the the unclean unclean, unclean, unclean. And, even, <laughs> and even when he's like lenny he goes over and then even lenny shouts at him for a yeah. unclean yeah 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 oh robert oh shirley oh lenny unclean yep and uh <laughs> Um, and that that is also a really sad Squigman story. The baby sister possibly was traded in for a cat for a Pontiac. A Pontiac, yeah, yeah, which is absolutely something that I could picture Helmet doing. Oh, uh, when we meet Helmet in season seven, you'll probably agree with me. Oh <laughs> God. Uh, speaking speaking of the uh, boys here, when they come in, they're all distracting, and you know they got the writer's cramp of the brain. Yeah, I love that line. But yeah, you know the 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 whole um. 26 words they got to make it 25 you know and them yep. with their girls and everything it almost feels like in some respects yep. that's what they wanted was to, with the opening scene was to kind of establish the boys before they come in for this joke yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah. god they honestly like 
Like I said, the first scene could have been completely excised. You could have just introduce the boys doing this. Right. Uh, but the idea of them desperately trying to think of uh, a way to cut out a word so they can emphasize how really, 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 really etc. stacked this girl is. It's yeah, sold out. really, 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 yeah. And I love the get out of here really reaction. Stacked. You don't understand, Laverne. This girl is really, 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 really. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. You know, yeah. Who died and made her breakfast? Yeah, I made her breakfast. That's great. Uh, this is for a walking residence only. Tough luck, shorty. Oh God. Uh, the uh, also Lenny. Wow, what a faux pas. Whoa, even we got parents. I know, Jesus. She's uh, depressed enough about being related to you, Laverne Cohen. It's come back. Squiggy is perfect too. He's yeah. He's kind of that's vicious even for him. He's never was never that vicious. That's like extremely vicious, just blurting that stuff out. But then the sister that he had in the first episode disappears. He talks about always wanting a sister. He had a sister in the high neighbor. Hello, Lenny. Hello, continuity. Nice job yep. maintaining the book, y'all. It's like, yep. oh, God. God, uh, do you, do you I even, love it. it makes me wonder, did like, even Michael forget at this point? Uh, he wrote the character's history. There's multiple examples uh, that we've been sharing on Twitter that our uh, friend of Pod Squigeni has been uh, scanning that uh, they created this whole history for the character and for his mother uh, that and his sister, which has always existed. Uh, Michael mm. does have an older sister. I don't know if that influences anything. So, mm. Well, it's not like anything really bad is heard about Lenny's sister. We just know that she's a little bit older than him. Uh, She's married. He's lived with her for a while. Squiggy pushed her into a hole at one point. <laughs> huh. Just shoved her into a hole. Now I'm just suddenly getting the village flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, but she completely disappears. She completely disappears in this episode just for a while. surprised that he actually let them uh, get away with that. He didn't fight them on that. Considering how much they fought them on. It disappeared, just like M9 Shyamalan's credibility after the village. Anyway. <clears throat> That avatar, etc. <laughs> yeah, no, so, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, good point. Yeah, last airbender last was really disappeared. I actually like the village, but anyway, moving on. I like um, the village up to a certain point, you know. I yes. think I mostly like it just because Bryce Dallas Howard's performance. Oh uh, yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. Anywho, um. Anywho. Also, I because we we did we did that. Uh, Lenny and Squiggy said, and I I can't believe I yes. d- didn't get this one because we had already watched this episode by that point. Um, Cheryl, will you take off your clothes? <laughs> we should add that. We should add that. We should add that. We have made the video at this point as of this recording. It's probably going to be out. Uh, by yeah, the long, time long, long hear out. this. We'll probably we'll probably have done like four of those by, this, by the yeah. time this episode comes out. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, dude, we should do one uh, for Edna. Oh, God, yeah, that, we'll do that. Yeah, that'll be next. Yeah, we got to do one then for Then the Edna. girls. Yeah, anyway, um, but... Uh, I love the... Uh, the, the, the whole clothes taken off, though, as lead up to the whole yeah. uh, the birthmark thing, which is an interesting aspect yes. of... They never get an answer about, you know, this big red blotch that looks like Abraham Lincoln, because we've seen quite a bit of Cheryl's skin, but you never know. It might be well, on her butt. True. Uh, Laverne's gonna birthmark this in a horrible place that we don't know where it is. Yeah. Or, it, or, or <laughs> was, it a, was it a birthmark or was it a freckle? It was a freckle. Yes, yes, yes. It's a freckle. It's a freckle. It's a freckle. You know where. It turned up in a much worse place. 
God only knows where it turned off. Yeah, Lord if only somebody knows. Fight, that's a mysterious. Thing. I love the hello gag in this episode. Oh yeah, where there's was a lot that? Worse, there's a lot worse things in life other than being adopted. Hello. Oh God, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I love Bobby through this whole scene. The way Bobby interacts with the boys, I. It yeah. feels like he did enough research or at least thought about it enough to realize, okay, I probably knew these guys growing up with them. Yeah. You know, I'm, I was the older kid. I probably watched out for my sister, like his whole body language, even his line delivery when it's uh, where, okay, where's my line here? Yeah. It's uh, they, it's, it's, I think it's around the time, you know, it's this big red splotch that looks like Abraham Lincoln and he even points and shouts out. Um, yeah. It's even, so even he's the United, he's on the United front. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. You can you can picture that they've known each other for centuries. Uh, Ed Bigley Jr. has uh, I think he's friends with uh, Michael and David. I know they were kind of acquaintances. Uh, uh, Michael's wife Annette used to hang out with his circle, hmm. and they would know each other at a distance because Michael was married to somebody else at the time, and she was married to somebody else at the time, and they knew each other at a distance through Ed Bigley Jr. for a long time. And nice. then years later, they ended up together. So that's what I tend to think of when I think of him in the show. It's how all oh, kind of little fate strings, how things work out. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. I still I still love that. Uh, you know, we, we're mentioning we're mentioning Ed Begley Jr. a bunch here, by the way. Ed Begley Jr., Ed Begley Jr., Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> we're not mentioning Good. his credits because honestly, he is yeah. like the that guy. Yeah. yeah. 328 yeah. credits on IMDb. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. 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 Just. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you, you got to have seen him in something because yeah. he's. I was been... going to mention. Sorry. Ah! I'm, it's okay. It's okay. I was. I was kind of done. Okay. I, was, I was trailing off. I was going to mention that our viewers might know him from Transylvania 6 5000. He's in Ooh. that. Ooh. Uh our viewers might know him from St. Elsewhere, which is what gave him his big break in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. Uh, those might be two roles that would make people go, ah, and have a light bulb moment. He's just become a big environmental activist, which is probably what people of my generation know best for. But ah. yeah, that's what he's going on to do. Cool. He still acts. So I, did. I was going to say, I love the girls' dresses in this scene. Their dresses are so cute. That's uh, Shirley's traditional uh, formal occasion dress. That dress was replicated for the Madame Alexander doll that uh, they got put out in tribute to the show. And I can tell you that because it's sitting two inches from me. I'm looking right at her. Hey, nice. And uh, and Cindy wears that dress in a lot of the show's promotional material. So if mm. that dress looks familiar when you're watching the scene, that's why. Got it. Yeah, we, we I was pretty zonked out when we reviewed this batch of episodes, so I was uh I wasn't able to I wasn't able to focus. Um Yeah, it was it, it was a long week. It's been a long couple months. Anyway, um yeah, for everybody. I was gonna mention Laverne is so done with the Feeny family album. She's so done with that album. Yes. I love this album! You don't know what lady these people <laughs> Yeah, it's oh no, not the album again. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, even yeah. I love even Bobby's reaction. Like he's he's yeah. been through this. He probably yeah, went through this in childhood, and it would be oh, like yeah. it. Then it's it's like she would. Uh, oh God, can you imagine when family would come and visit? 
Like every, oh, yeah. and that probably happened every time. And he just, he just, uh, yeah. God, I'm be in my room now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If he was allowed to, I can see, yeah. uh, Lily or Jack, you know, it's, it's like, nope, you're going to be, actually, no, it would be, uh, Lily by this point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on her own, you know, basically he's like, no, you're going to, you're going to stay in here with your aunt, you know? Yep. You're going to look at these pictures. Yep. Look at them. But, but mom, Shirley's going to do the thing again. Do the thing. She's gonna make the sound. The squeak. <laughs> Isn't that a lovely sound. Oh man. Anyway, so that moves us into the uh kind of where the core of the episode ends up taking place, where the um the hospital. Yep, 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 yep. And to start off, um her part is small. The the reception nurse is Devira Marcus. Um she oh. will reappear later in the gymnast. Uh, uh yeah, in the episode The Gymnast later on in the series. Sorry, I wrote this down a very yeah not clear way to read aloud anyway uh yes yeah i i don't want to get like too deep on this topic but i'm i'm kind of curious what is your take on this and this is a fact is adopted people not being allowed to look at their records what's your thought on that in a way it makes sense because it protects the birth parents in case they sealed it you have to seal the adoption for them not being able to look at the records if i remember correctly Mm. if i remember correctly uh, if it's unsealed, then obviously they can can access it. But if it's sealed, then your birth parents don't want uh, you to know. They don't want contact. Right. Perhaps it's a parent door's box best box best not poked. But you know, uh, you have to sympathize with Shirley and anybody who'd be in Shirley's position here. Yeah. All she wants to know is the truth. It's one of the one of, another one of those. It's not my story to tell, but I do know someone uh, that that has happened to. And wow. they they've uh, they have tried for decades to get some type of access to figuring out just to figure out the history, just to know oh. you know, and uh, and yeah they've they never they've never they never were able to uh, get that taken care of. Oh, and it's just kind of interesting because you know things have sort of changed. I think perspectives about adoption or giving up for adoption have sort of changed because I even know a couple of folks that um, they. This 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 person I know they gave up their child they gave up it was a case of two cases that they had to give up um, one was because it was the circumstances was with an abusive partner um, the second was a case of they could not they and the partner that they were with at the time um, could not you know um, raise the child and yes. they did what but the couple that you know when they were with the person that was able to you know handle that uh uh okay we're going to make this decision as it you know that this is what's going to happen um they have tried to stay involved as much as possible in the child's life as the kid is growing up um and so it is just you know that's why i pause it as a question because i'm not 100 percent. i agree with what you're saying i see it from both perspectives i understand the lack of contact because there are circumstances not even just necessarily embarrassment there could be other issues sort of like you maybe come from a situation or a background that you think to yourself, they don't, they shouldn't know because it may affect not just, it may affect their life journey and I want them to have a better life. Um, which this episode even covers at the end too, which I thought was interesting. Um, that, that speech is beautiful. That's a gorgeous speech. I really love it. Yeah. Anyway, but it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's, but at the same time, I definitely, God, I feel for Shirley. Although um, oh, Shirley's yeah. Shirley's line when she says to the receptionist um, or the doctor in this point, um, she says the term superior breeding. Did, 
Yeah. Did, did you catch that? Because that may be deathly uncomfortable. My comment is surely no. Yeah. No. No, yeah, surely yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I cringed at that. Uh, I think it meant a different thing in the 70s than what it may mean now because yikes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yikes, 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 yikes on bikes. <laughs> yikes on bikes. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> speaking of yikes on bikes and comedic shenanigans, um, disguises. Yes. They're a thing yes. that occur in this episode. And it is yeah. delightful. It is delightful. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's so cute. I love it. Um, I love that Shirley decides to make up this big dramatic story for Laverne's unquote pregnancy. Of course you would. Of course <laughs> he you said he was going to come back. Yeah, he said he'd come back. And then uh, one of the women in the ward asks uh, Dr. When the, uh, Dr. Shirley, unquote, unquote, when the stork is coming. This is a smart one. <laughs> Laverne's commentary is really great. <laughs> Don't worry, ma'am. We'll be checking that cabbage patch soon enough. Yeah, it's just such a Shirley line. It's a beautiful Shirley line. Oh, uh, yeah. I love friendly nurse Rusty, the doctor's pal. <laughs> oh, oh, bad. yeah. D- nurse Krevsky? Yes. Yes. Oh, man. And Shirley's almost kind of into it. Almost. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's... she's kind of almost there for it. Yeah. I know. I love Laverne is pushing her, trying to get her to go on with it. Just to, it's, it's like Laverne is waiting for the surprise. She's waiting for the yeah. surprise. Yeah, I'm gonna die. She kissed you right there. I'm gonna die. Yeah, and I love. Oh, I love Shirley's. Like, I'm not the kind of girl, guy, doctor. <laughs> yes. God, that is a great line. That is a perfect line. Uh, she is so great and so determined in this episode. It, it, it is fabulous. absolutely. And um, uh, Nurse Krevsky, by the way, was played by Lindsay Bloom, who was a regular on Dukes of Hazard in Dallas and then ended up as oh. Velda in the new Mike Hammer series in the 1980s. So, hey, that was pretty cool. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. And she she God, I, she absolutely destroys this part. You know, I mean, the, yeah. the sort of bimbo, you know, promiscuous yeah. nurse is, is it's a cliche. And my God, yeah. the doctors in love use it a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this was a hilarious case of it because there's something kind of sweetly genuine about it you know it, it takes something yes. that should be smutty and dirty and it's like oh yeah. that's kind of cute so yeah it's because she's having so much fun with it i think it's so because there's nothing dirty about it she's just willing to have fun with them yeah she's just willing yeah. to have a good time with them yeah and it's not like she's like doing it to get ahead or she doesn't want to do it or like in freaking uh oh, angels, angels of mercy, mercy. she's being yeah. ethered <laughs> she just He's fun and friendly. She's a single girl. She's out there having fun. She probably knows how to take precautions. And, you know, and nine out of ten doctors yeah. recommend her. She knows how to take precautions. It's 1960, you know. We're pre a lot of things, so she can have all the fun she wants. Why the heck not? Yeah. Why the heck not? So she probably is banging married doctors, though. So, so. Yeah, that's the one Every little, you. Every little cloud. Every little rainbow cloud. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, yeah. uh, and then that leads us into as the, as the nurse, you know, waves goodbye. I love the wave, by the way. That's amazing. Same. Same. Go into a very Marx Brothers physical comedy yeah. bit with the door. Yes. I hope it's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then Shirley just goes into this pure improv. Again, her acting for an audience that doesn't care is always hilarious to me. She's just speechifying and creating this huge story that doesn't need to exist. Exactly. Yeah. Some it's new method. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It's like some like new method of inducing labor in National Geographic yeah. magazine or something. Yep. Yeah. 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 
And then Laverne gets stuck, and then she can't pry her out, no matter what she does. She cannot push her forward, no matter what she does. And then in comes the supervising doctor. Mm-hmm. Laverne gives birth to a bouncing baby beach ball. And then, yeah, I love the the dissolver, the cut to uh, Laverne still bouncing it. Yeah, yeah, doing all kinds of bouncing tricks and counting tricks a bit, which is purely athletic Laverne and also a lot of fun. It's just a fun little visual gag that I adore. Laverne's speech to Shirley is so good. Yeah. It's so beautifully handled. And the supervising doctor and what he says is so good and so well handled. Yep. And uh, do you and know who the supervising doctor is? I do not. That's Rance Howard. Oh, no way! Yep. Yeah! Wow. So so for those out there that do not know, that is uh, Ron and Clint's father and grandfather yep. to Bryce Dallas Howard. Yep. He was a character actor who passed away, sadly, in 2017, but he had a long, prolific career, spanning 284 projects, including Nebraska by Alexander Payne, Gary Marshall's Valentine's Day, of course, Tim Burton's Ed Wood, and uh, many of his son's films, including Apollo 13 and Cocoon. Yeah. So so in some respects, I think, given that Cindy, you know, um, had worked with Ron now multiple times by this point, Rance getting to deliver the speech at the end. That's there's something kind of weighty and beautiful about that. I think. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Yeah. Everything about it is beautiful. Everything about that scene is beautiful. He acts it beautifully. It's perfect. It's another perfect scene and it just sings. It definitely sings. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I, I mean, I, sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just going to point out there's that, like you were saying about the perfection, like one of my, I think kind of the shiny moment for me, even though, um, you know, there's all these great moments, but the one that stands out, yeah. Laverne doing the callback, it probably was real hard on her too after she saw them dipples of yours and she waits for Shirley to get the smile. There they are. Yeah. And she points them out. And yeah. that oh. that beat is handled so well. Oh. Oh. Right in the heart. I love this friendship so much. I love this friendship so much. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's so beautifully handled and how much they care about one another and how much Laverne loves her best friend. Yep. It's oh, right in the heart, directly in the heart. And, oh. uh, and then, and then Laverne, it turns out lost money on it. Yeah. I know. Uh, what 20 bucks says she had a bet with Squiggy. No, the Lenny with Lenny. She had a bet with Lenny. Yeah, it would Squiggy's have been Lenny. No, Len- Lenny would be taking bets. Squiggy's already like bel- wants to believe it. Yeah, Squiggy's catatonic by the time we next see him. So oh, yeah. yeah, he's he's not joking about this. Lenny probably would though. Mm-hmm. The two of them are thickest thieves in this episode. For some reason, they sit necessarily close together on that cot. There's no reason for them to be that close together on that cot. Uh, what like, do you mean unnecessary? That's not ne- that's totally necessary. What are you talking about? <laughs> we got to get these two together. Come on, show get get with the program. Wake up, Gary Marshall. Okay, before we leave the hospital, though, I love Nurse Krebsky showing up one last time, you know, because first Shirley's yeah. yelling at Laverne, it's, and, you know, you can, <laughs> you yeah. can bet on this, how could you bet on this? And then, and then it turns, hello, you know, hello. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, Shirley's kind of into it. Yeah, yeah she's kind of going, you can almost see her dating this nurse. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah, just going for it, just going for it. It's uh, in, an, in an alternate universe, it would happen. Yeah. Well, the mother always did tell her that she was going to get in trouble if she played doctor. So. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, this episode's uh, so good. 
less than the music end feels. And it's, like, unjustly ignored, I think, in a lot of ways. It's very good. It's very good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, dang, Laverne yes. can get it. 2,000 sailors. And getting her face painted on the side of the ship. And that's only kissing. Um, something happens in season eight, and I won't reveal it, that is so much worse than this. But this is charming and innocent. She kisses all those sailors and ends up with puffy lips. But I, I, we won't go there yet, but the horror is waiting for us in season eight. Oh, God. I mean, this I know we're recording sweet. this during the spooky season, but oh, goodness gracious. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, was, I was happy for Laverne. She was exhausted, but I was happy for yep. her. And puffy looked, but happy. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, in come the boys with poor catatonic Squiggy. Yeah. <laughs> I okay. You know, I felt kind of sorry for Squiggy. I feel kind of. I mean, I feel sorry for Shirley and Squiggy both. You know, in this episode, because I mean, Shirley, it made a lot of sense that she would believe this possibility because she felt so yeah. unloved and abandoned in childhood. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I I can't imagine, you know, how could she feel like her family always wanted her, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. And in the case of Squiggy, it's like if he had was able to gain Shirley as a sister, then maybe he'd finally have a family member that liked him or put up with him or helped him somehow. Because even as Uncle Elliot is not great, you know, yeah, we've established that Uncle Elliot is a bit of a thief and a scoundrel. And, you know, I mean... That whole thing of him going to London, what do you figure that was probably some weird diamond smuggling operation, you know? <laughs> I can picture it. Oh, I can picture it. I can picture that. Uh, yeah. Considering how bereft they are of family in their own ways, you can absolutely picture that, of course, he'd be thrilled to have her as a sister. Yep. He would want that. He would want her in his life that way. Yeah. It would not be a mutual feeling, but there, there would be feelings. Yep, yep. And here comes Lenny going, no, you surely can get married. Squiggy has never declared that he wanted to marry Shirley until this episode. Because he's always been in denial about it, always tried to avoid it. He's the big swinger, where Lenny's just the aspiring big swinger. But I love how Lenny is so, in a way, into marriage, or he thinks that marriage is an ideal state for certain people. He's sitting there kind of pairing his friends up. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep. Yeah, now it's it's the me. it's oh god! Now I can just imagine if that gets a flanderized version and a remake where he makes little dolls of all the people in the building, and it's oh, like, and now you two god. kiss. No, 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 no. In the remake, <laughs> the way you handle this in a remake is he's a wedding planner. That's the. That's oh the simple. my god! So simple. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So, yeah. don't, don't you think you should have like a more masculine profession and it's like what are you talking about getting people together but you know you're making connections yeah and my, my mother more, my, my daddy always told me i should get i should stay connected so i get I more other people trim than get a shade <laughs> <laughs> oh boy anyway um and then of course that final <laughs> zinger freeze frame <laughs> uh the children won't be morons but well, they should still worry. Jeez. Yep. Jeez. Zing. <laughs> Zing, but don't freeze frame. Freeze frame. Yeah, that's the episode. Yeah. That's the episode. Right. That's kind of all we, all I got to say yeah. on it. Um, Same. It was really good, though. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, uh, as we slide into L ratings, Lamb, would you like to go first? I probably, I probably should. Um, yes. 
I'm honestly going to rank this kind of high. I'm going to give this like an eight and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It deserves it. Yeah. I, I, um, the, the, the little bits of physical comedy are amazing. Very Mark, as I mentioned, very Marx Brothers-y. I feels like every cast member that shows up is used well. The guest characters integrate rather seamlessly. I mean, I'm, I'm still in absolute shock that this, this has to be a pseudonym situation that we have a story writer who never did anything else in their career, in their life writing wise unless so it has to be a pseudonym for either somebody else in the writing staff or somebody else who was from a different show and a director who again only did two episodes of the series and did no other television no other directing that we know of now it could be it was a theater director or like maybe like an acting teacher that was working with uh some of the people that worked on the show and they just came in to do this as a favor but if that's the case i mean this is it's just amazing to see the strange like synergy that comes out like the the weird lightning in the bottle and as and so this episode's kind of forgotten you were saying yeah it's not mentioned often as a uh, memorable episode for people if they remember for for anything it's because of ed bagley jr's presence it's not like up in the high echelon of episodes that people adore like uh dinner for four stepping out or look for you leap or High Neighbor Book 2, or Lenny's Crush, uh, or uh, The Diner, or Murder on Moose Jaw Express. It doesn't get mentioned a lot, and that's a shame, because this is a yeah, good one. I, this is a damn good one. This is a damn good episode. Yeah. I, I, I I loved it, you know? Yeah. It's it's on the kind of lower level of love, just because there's a couple of repetitious jokes here and there, and yeah. you know I would have liked to see a little... It's not as disjointed as some of the others we've had you know, in the last two years, but it definitely... It could have used some tightening up. It's not like it's not like a Deborah Lesh and Declan joint where it's nice and tight, yeah. you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's a it's a good it's a it's a really freaking good episode. And yeah. Begley, I I can't wait to see him again. Yeah. And I would not mind Rance Howard showing up again as well. This was this was really Me good. Either. Well, you will indeed get to see Ed Begley Jr. one more time on the show, so he's coming back. Cool. This. One is it like an eight and a half for me? It's close to a nine, very close to a nine. The way the show speaks out about adoption and how it's important and about how love is, you know, love is love. You know, you do not need to have a biological connection to someone to love them that much. I love how the boys are sprinkled in. Uh, though there could have honestly been a little bit more of them. I kind of wanted a traumatized Squiggy weaving in and out of the plot line. Just <laughs> floating there going, oh god, oh god. I thought all the things that I did with you, I did with my sister. Which mm. is such a good... <laughs> He's just so freaked out, the poor old guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh... Goodness. Yeah, they were probably oh oh god, and he's such a such a perv. I mean, how many like peeping tom moments is he now reflecting on? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh god, he's looked down her dress at this point. He's kissed her multiple times. Uh, he's had implied many dirty fantasies about her. He thinks she wants to marry him, even though he doesn't want to marry her. Allegedly, though, Lenny proves that. Yeah, true. I I I think Lenny I think Lenny was able to cut through the BS that Squiggy's just yeah. projecting when it comes to that yep. entry in his black book. Yep, yep. No, you're enjoying getting your married. <laughs> Such a great line. Uh, I adore Ed Big Jr. in this episode. His role is well handled. Um, everything the girls do in regard to the entire situation fits. 
It marries the blend sentiment uh, with physical comedy pretty well. I like this one. I like it a lot. So solid experience. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's a darn good episode. Anyway, yeah. well, with uh, with that all in mind, thank you again, everyone, so much for joining us for Night After Night podcast. And if you would like to know more, please join us at Night After Night Pod on Facebook, WordPress, Tumblr, Patreon, YouTube, or you can find us on Night After Night PC on Twitter so that you can chat with us a bit more about the show and what your thoughts are on this and thoughts about the subject matter and Ed Begley Jr. movie recommendations and, oh, I don't know, just, just you know, just tell us how your day's going. How you doing? You doing okay? Is everything all right? You know, and, and uh, you know, if... Um, if uh, if maybe maybe you got yourselves a talent, you know, maybe maybe something you want to show off or something like that. Because I hear, uh, I think next week we're going to be covering a covering some sort of talent show. I think yeah. it's shots talent show time again, kids. The boys end up being put in charge of the production. Things go haywire. The girls find themselves dangling at the end of guide wires and at the boys' mercy. That's the third annual shots talent show. Oh boy. Well, so long as there's no ventriloquism acts, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> oh, oh no that's not God. a comforting laugh all right well i'm gonna go <laughs> hunker in for some uh some devil doll action and uh you all have yourselves a great wonderful day thank you and if you're given the chance kids don't watch magic you don't want and margaret to come for you in your sleep or that puppet the puppet the puppet completely mind and trying to bite your face off and stab you. <laughs>